It's time for your weekly fix of wrestling nostalgia when we look at wrestling's past eras from the Attitude Era to the Reality Era. I'd like to think that maybe this company will be better after Vince McMahon's dead, but the fact is, it's it's going to get taken over by his idiotic daughter and his doofus son-in-law and the rest of his stupid family. To today. Here on the WWE Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the WWE Podcast. It's that time of the week. Some of y'all, it's your favorite show. It's one of my favorite shows of the week. Diving back in time. A time that sometimes we reflect positively on and other times we cringe. And today... It's the cringe-worthy version of the uh, nostalgia. And we go back to the 2015 Royal Rumble, held in none other than Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And it was the winner, of course, Roman Reigns. So I'm going to get into that in detail and dive into that. And I know that many of you sent me your questions or sent me your suggestions for this a particular show. Thank you so much for that. Um, I, you know, I can only pick one, and this was something that was uh, sent to me via Twitter um, by one of my followers. And so, thank you very much for reminding me of this. And this is an, a this is a a time that is near and dear to my heart because of just how passionately I felt at that time and still do about the Roman Reigns character. And so, I haven't I haven't really focused on Roman Reigns in quite some time. It's been many moons since I have really, really, um, really focused my energy and thought on Roman Reigns, the character. And I review him on the Raws and Smackdowns, and now obviously just Smackdown since that's where he was drafted. So I, I haven't really had the chance to really evaluate where he's at and also take a step back in time to the 2015 Royal Rumble in which it was a conglomeration of fan frustration with creative and uh, their complete disapproval of what Roman Reigns embodied. So we're going to dive really deep into why and and the psychology, I believe, as to why a lot of people rejected Roman Reigns and that reared its ugly head every single WrestleMania thereafter. I mean, he he can claim that he main evented for WrestleManias. But did you ever get the reaction that WWE and Vince McMahon was going for? I mean, he faced Triple H in a WWE championship match and beat Triple H. Fans didn't care. Uh, He beat Brock Lesnar in the main event of WrestleMania. People didn't care. Um, As far as like, and when I say don't care, I meant they didn't, they didn't cheer for Roman Reigns as he's been cast. When he faced The Undertaker, yours truly was there in Orlando when he beat The Undertaker, and the fans booed. And what did the fans do the next night? That was a thing of beauty. Just destroying him for 15 minutes straight. F.U. Chance, uh, I mean, you name it. It was awesome. Awesome. And so, um, Roman Reigns has not had the best track record when it comes to getting what they're going after. And um, so again, I'll, I'll evaluate 
where they were and where they are now if Roman's in any better of, of a position than he has been. So I'm going to get into all of that. But first, guys, thank you so much for joining me. I'm now on my new mic. I sound probably the same because I got the same microphone, um, just one that actually works and is reliable. Um, as I said, I had one that was with me for five years, all the way back to when I first started podcasting. And it's definitely been worth the investment. It served me well from 2014 till now. And this show, I know, has, an, has only existed since 2017. Um, but I was under a former name before that and uh, glad that I morphed into the WWE podcast. And, you know, I, I just I'm so shocked. I'm still shocked that the WWE podcast name was available. How is that possible? I mean, it's just so simple. It's it was just overlooked, I guess, in the domain of wwepodcast.com. Man, I have a feeling WWE at some WWE at some point is going to be contacting me with an offer for my domain. Just a prediction there. Um, so thank you guys for joining me again. Um, I have a special offer going on at patreon.com slash WWE podcast, and you can get yourself on this show for 15 minutes or so as I kind of labeled it a mini podcast to get on and we can discuss any topic that you'd like for WWE. For any existing patrons, all you have to do is level up, right? Just go up any tier that you would like and you can get on the show as well. So anybody brand new though, come on the show and uh, become a patron for just a dollar a month. It's crazy, and that that it, that offer is not going to be lasting much longer. So head on over to patreon.com slash WWE podcast if you'd like to get yourself on the show and take advantage of that offer, which again is not going to be lasting much longer. All right. Well, now moving on to some more current things. I mean, look, tomorrow's Crown Jewel, or depending on when you're listening to this, Crown Jewel already happened, or Crown Jewel is today, and it is a show that I think we all just want to get past. We all just want to get it over with. It's as if we are waiting in the doctor's room, waiting for that your name to be called so we can get our shot and get out of there. And, you know, I, I understand that the Saudi Arabia shows are not well received. It feels like a glorified house show. I've said that before. And they do. They feel like glorified house shows, um, for better or worse, because they're taking place in Saudi Arabia, which already has a dark cloud over it. And there's no real implications of those matches. In other words, the progressions of the storylines that occur at these pay-per-views in Saudi Arabia don't really are aren't really conclusions to anything. They aren't anything that you'd say, "Wow, that is a big step forward for the rivalry or program or whatever." And they always have these matches that are just one-offs or attraction matches and it's <sighs> It's such a C or D pay-per-view. I mean, it just is. And I understand that it's extremely, extremely lucrative for WWE as they signed a 10-year, let that sink in, 10-year deal with Saudi Arabia. It's mind-blowing. But they're a for-profit organization. So we can bitch and moan about these particular pay-per-views all we like. But the fact is they're going to be sticking around for the better part of the next six to seven years. So we need to get used to it um, and just bear the, the uh, bear it and grin it and just go with it because it's going to be a very long time before this uh, deal expires. And they're a for-profit organization. We understand that. But the biggest piece of news of which I have said for the better part of a year and a half that WWE 
is salivating and frothing at the mouth to be able to release a uh, a statement or a press release that they are going to have the first ever women's wrestling match in Saudi Arabia ever. And they got their wish sooner than I expected. That's for sure. And it's a Natalia versus Lacey Evans matchup. That will be the first ever match in Saudi Arabia. And lo and behold, we have Natalia and we have Lacey Evans on Twitter talking about how they can't wait to make history. Now, I will give a little more leeway on those statements because it's not a part of the show on Raw, right? It's This is not a part of the show, their promo, um, that it's on, on their television show to get us amped for the match. So I will say that, and so I'll give a little bit of leeway on that. But typically those statements, if it were, if it were highlighted on a program, which it was during Sasha Banks and Charlotte before the Hell in a Cell match and before the, um, uh, the all-women's pay-per-view of Evolution last October, it was all about making history. Everything was about making history. We're going to make history. I'm going to make history. You're going to make history. We'll make history together. It was just so self-serving of WWE to put that in every single promo. Instead of worrying about winning a match, which is what you're here for, presumably, you're here to worry about the history that you're going to make and tearing it down and all this stuff. Hey, I don't need to hear about the history that's being made. The announcers can do that. WWE.com can do that. Their Twitter feed can do that. I don't need to hear the competitors in the match more concerned about making history than winning matches. So I will give leeway a little bit to Natalia and Lacey Evans, and congratulations to these women. I think it's, it is a hell of a th- an accomplishment, and no one can ever take it away from them that they are going to be the first women's match ever in Saudi Arabia. That is, that's a, you know, of, of course, commendable and all that. And so now we finally get a women's uh, match. Now, the question will be, is there such thing as having too many women's matches on the card when it comes to Saudi Arabia's approval? And I say that in air quotes. I don't know. Right now, this is the only women's match that's advertised. So we're going to have to see whether this is a trend that's just one off and see how it's received or whatever it may be. So I think there's going to be a little bit of a touch and go situation here. I don't think it's a full steam ahead. They've opened the floodgates. Let's make an all women's pay-per-view in Saudi Arabia. I think it's going to be a little bit of a dip your toe in, see how the water is, see how the audience reacts, see how the government reacts, which is really the one that, uh, that decided, Hey, women's women aren't as equal as men. Women don't have the same rights as men. Which is, I mean, it's 2019, folks. Let's let's get with the program. So we'll have to see, but uh, it's it's a step in the right direction. You know, I'm excited for the women. I'm not excited for the match because hey, we've seen this match over and over. Even though Natalia and Lacey Evans teamed together a couple of weeks ago on Raw, which made zero sense. Now they're back to being enemies and are worried about making history because it's all about making history. Uh, but ultimately, look, I think it's something that we are all going to enjoy. All righty, guys. So um, back to the show here. And um, I also uh, want to say thank you, really. Um, I know that if you follow my Twitter feed, which at the WWE podcast, by the way, you know that uh, we recently, this show recently topped out at number 11. It actually topped out at number 11 today on the uh, wrestling podcast category of iTunes or Apple Podcasts now. 
And that's because of you guys. And uh, we, I mean, it's crazy to think that we topped out shows like the Taz Show and Vince Russo and Edge and Christian's E&C of Pot of Awesomeness or whatever it is, uh, among many others. And uh, we are an inch away from cracking into the top 10, which is just, it's crazy. I mean, to think that this show really came from absolutely nothing, nothing. And it, it's not just me. I mean, it, it's a team effort from my hosts that volunteer their time to make this show a success. And all the co-hosts that come on from Ashley and Anthony and Mary, to, again, to my co-hosts or my hosts that do their own NXT an AEW podcast, which are both coming to you tomorrow, by the way, um, and, and Zach and Chris, really, th this is just a team effort and all the listeners that um, you know choose to listen to us because this is not the only game in town by a long shot. And um, I really want to make this as, pos as, as successful as possible because I think it can go higher and a lot higher. And, you know, could we touch that number one spot in the next year? I think we can. And I really, I mean, you know, you may say, oh, you'll never beat Stone Cold's podcast. You know, you'll never, uh, you know, well, look, I mean, <laughs> Rome wasn't built in the day. I'm aware that Stone Cold's podcast is infinitely more popular than mine. Okay. I am very aware of that, but I think that it's a goal that is not impossible, you know, to, to touch that number one spot. And it's ultimately not about beating other shows. It's about making this show the best that it can be. And in, in the process, if it starts to climb the rankings, hey, I'm all for it. So I just want to just take the minute to say thanks. And uh, we are just getting started, right? So thanks. Thank you so much. So, all right, guys, um, let's get to right where you, what you're here for. Let's get to what you are here for. And that is Roman Reigns. Royal Rumble 2015. So let me just kind of set the table here for you. Philadelphia is a town that we all know is one of the, quote, hardcore audiences. As New York is is um, labeled the same thing, uh, the Boston audience, any, anywhere in the Northeast is, quote, hardcore audiences or smart marks or I don't know, whatever term you want to use. But this was a extra special audience because this was an audience that I think spoke for a lot of fans. Not all, because you have your women and children at the time, and still are, that are enamored with how he looks. And they just eat what they're fed by the WWE corporate spoon. And they just eat it and go, we're happy. Yeah, we'll tell, you know, we will like this guy because you tell us to. Um, because he's a good looking guy and he's smooth and he's cool and he's got steel blue eyes that make my, you know, uh, heart flutter and, and, you know, oh, he looks like a superhero and my kids idolize him and, oh God, give me a, I mean, it makes me want to throw up talking about it. Now, before I get into the criticism of this, of this whole thing, but also the beauty of it, I would like to just preface this by saying I am a Roman Reigns supporter of him being on a roster and rightfully being at times the focus of the show. And I am all for that. I think he is a phenomenal in-ring um, wrestler, Vince, not performer, because we're not magicians here. Wrestler. I know it's extremely dirty to say that, but that's what he is. And I, th I think the world of his athletic prowess, I think that he is... Um, got a presence in the ring. He, he has really come leaps and bounds from where he was in terms of in ring. 
and he's a good guy from what I hear on the outside. I met him personally at an FYE in the back room of an FYE. Cool guy. Good guy. I complimented him on his match with Brock Lesnar. That actually happened that year. Uh, I really think that he is a, a decent guy in real life. Outside of the ring, I'm sure that he, he's a family man. Uh, he just overcame cancer. I have nothing in terms of a personal vendetta against him, and I would I would draft him in my top five of any roster. So I just wanted to say that before I get into the meat of this whole thing, because I think some people think, "Oh, you're a Roman hater." Oh, my God. no, I don't. I don't want him fired. I would give the guy as much money as he wants to stay, and I really believe that. I think. The the heart and soul, the whole problem with Roman Reigns is he has been miscast for years. Years. So that is just honestly the essence of the whole problem. But, um, all right, so we're, we're, let, let's dig back, and then we'll get to the Rumble, and then we will get to the current day situation with Roman Reigns. And, of course, don't worry, guys, I got some audio for you from the 2015 Royal Rumble. So if you get pleasure out of hearing people boo the holy hell out of the Roman Reigns babyface character, well... Just buckle in for that. So I'm not going to go through his entire career, but just as a setting the table, as I said, Roman Reigns is with the Shield. We all know where he, um, where his roots are. He originally was in NXT um, by himself, and then he was graduated probably too early, brought up with the Shield, and they interfered in, my God, a, a infinite number of matches, and, and then aligned themselves with CM Punk and then was against Punk and then even actually powerbomb the Undertaker through a table, which led to an injury on the Undertaker. I mean, they've been through a lot with the Wyatt family many, many, many times. I mean, they have really done it all um, as the Shield and they were a great unit. And I mean, seeing the reunion of them this past year before Ambrose went out was cool. It was cool. I, I enjoyed it. Um, did it make a whole lot of sense storyline-wise? Nope, because of what Ambrose had done. But whatever, let's move on. Um, as a whole, the thing is, Roman Reigns in the in the Shield. I bring up the Shield because that is where we became enamored with Roman Reigns. He was a new guy. He was a big guy. He was a young-looking guy. He was a good-looking guy. He was muscular. He had a presence, and we all became very interested in him. He's a strong and silent type. But underneath all that, that's where it ended. That's where the depth of the Roman Reigns character stopped was at that time, just the strong, silent type that just played a wrestler. That's who he was. And, you know, after the shield broke up, you had Roman Reigns out there floating around. And instead of having Roman Reigns compete for a mid-tier championship, like, say, the Intercontinental Championship, the United States Championship... He just went straight from breaking up into the shield to bam, main events, title picture, main event of WrestleMania. It was ill-advised to do that. I said that at the time four years ago. So, I mean, I can't take up the audio to prove it, but I'm telling you, I said that four years ago. And I still think it haunts him today because he continues to just be the focus of the show, even if he's not the champion. So we'll get there. But I think a lot of fans resented the fact that he was just kind of very, very, very obviously transparently selected by Vince McMahon to be the next guy, be the next John Cena. What I mean, look, no one can ever be the next anybody. You're your own whatever. 
such a cliche, but it's true. People say, oh, Dolph Ziggler is the next Shawn Michaels. Well, I don't want him to be the next Shawn Michaels. I don't want him to be a, a, a knockoff of whoever, right? But he was trying, WWE was trying to groom him to take the place of John Cena. And I understand. You need to have the machine keep going. You need to, you need to find somebody and go with them. And Roman Reigns, from a PR standpoint, you know wasn't going to embarrass you. Yes, he had the failed drug test, which we've all forgotten. And that's fine. Roman Reigns has been forgiven. I hold no grudge against him. I don't care. I mean, look what, look what all the sports in you know the world do, especially in the United States. How many guys have failed drug tests in the MLB? And we don't care. We seriously don't care. Look at the MLB. You have Alex Rodriguez lie twice. He hits a home run. People don't care. People don't care. I really don't believe that fans actually give a damn about, especially in professional sports, if he's using, who cares? Like, really, who cares? All the fans care about is seeing big plays, big home runs, stars being made. I don't think it's honestly a big deal for fans, and that includes WWE. So to me, if you want to point to that as, oh, he's not good for PR, look what he did. Okay, he had one small blemish. He's never been arrested for DUI. He won't embarrass you. He is now a forthright candidate to go out there and hold the torch of cure cancer and look what I have done. And and uh, I am now the face of the, the Co- Susan G. Komen relationship that they have. All that. So WWE smartly chose Roman Reigns from that perspective. Hardworking, quiet, does what he's told, good soldier, good looking, good in the ring. He checked all the boxes except the ones that made him a true star and got him the, would get him the reaction that Vince McMahon had tried so hard and still continues to try to get Roman Reigns. And we are still having this conversation five years later. It's absolutely mind-blowing that I'm sitting here half a decade later And I'm still saying some of the same things I said four years ago when the Royal Rumble happened. Um, So, uh, again, I think that's part one. He gets disbanded from the Shield and then doesn't go the normal process of acclimating himself to the fans. Saying, hey, here's step one, here's step two, here's step three. You can't skip to the end of the book. You can't skip to step ten, but eh, I'm going to do it. And unfortunately for Roman and the company, they decided... Vince decided to skip a whole lot of chapters and just go to the end of the book. It, it, it caused a lot of resentment on the other end. You have Daniel Bryan, the exact opposite of a character. And especially in the real life, um, build the real life support of Daniel Bryan came in the exact, in spite of Roman Reigns and came at the expense of Roman Reigns and also just happened. Daniel Bryan wasn't in the cards to main event anything. Daniel Bryan was exactly what the authority said that he was back when the yes movements happened at WrestleMania 30 back in 2014. They believed he was a B plus player. That was real. Good hand will never be the top guy. And the fans said, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. He's going to be our top guy. And probably at the cringing and gnashing of teeth and clenching of fist of Vince McMahon saying, I'll just do it. I'll never hear the end of it if I don't just make him the main event. I can, gritting his teeth, 
making the fans, giving them what they want, which shouldn't even be a, a, a thing. It shouldn't even be a second guess. And yes, sometimes Vince McMahon thinks he may know more than we know in terms of we don't know what we want. He knows what we want. But more often than not, I would say that the people that are telling you what they want probably know what they want more than you think you know what they want. Gets confusing, but it's honestly pretty simple. Vince McMahon is not Superman. He's not psychic. He's not God. Although he did beat God in a tag team match. Maybe I'll do that as a wrestling nostalgia moment. Everybody remember that? I think it was back in 2006 when he feuded with Shawn Michaels. After Michaels beat him at WrestleMania 22, I think it was. The next uh, match that he had, I think it was Backlash. Him and Shane faced Shawn Michaels and God. And he ended up beating Shawn Michaels and they had a light come out to the ring as if it was God. I mean, it was... uh, Oh, man. There's just so many levels to that. Some of which I enjoy. Some of which I go... Yikes. (laughs) Yikes. <laughs> Maybe I'll do it. I'm just curious if anybody else remembers that. Okay. So back to Daniel Bryan. You have Daniel Bryan. The Daniel Bryan factor was just as damaging to the Roman Reigns character as Roman Reigns was to himself as a character. Because Daniel Bryan embodied everything that the fans were. Right? The common man. The working man. He didn't feel forced. He was the grassroots up, you know, the, the groundswell that people were calling for. And saying, this is the guy that we want. This is this is the man that we want as re- representing this company. We're tired of the same rotating cast of characters holding the belt. We are going to try to tell you what we want. And that's the way it should be. It's the way it should be. Not that the fans in WWE and Vince need to knee-jerk reaction to every little thing that they boo or cheer. Of course not. Of course not. Which is why... WWE ignores the night after WrestleMania, the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania. They ignore anything in Canada. They ignore anything in Philly or New York or Boston because it's bizarro world and the untraditional fans and non-traditional or whatever stupid label they try to pawn off on the fans that are actually passionate. It's not about having fun. Okay. I don't know where this whole label of, ah, they're just having fun. They're being rebellious. Even Jim Ross went down that road. Come on, Jim. It's not just being rebellious to be rebellious. I don't just go pay 60 bucks a ticket to go and just participate in something I don't believe in. I don't yell and scream if I don't feel passionate about something just to say, oh, well, I just worry about being rebellious. I don't actually feel this way. Give me a break. People truly dislike the Roman Reigns babyface character in 2015. And at that Royal Rumble... It was a thing of beauty. Daniel Bryan gets unceremoniously, as we get to the Rumble, I'm circling back. Uh, Daniel Bryan gets unceremoniously eliminated from the Royal Rumble. And it was, I believe, by Bray Wyatt. And the fans lost their minds. They were so disconnected from the match after Daniel Bryan was eliminated. It wasn't even funny. It was uneasy to watch. The fans didn't care what happened from that moment on as long as it was anybody but Roman. And it came down to Ambrose and Reigns versus Big Show and Kane. That's really what it came down to is they were representing the authority, which we all remember that lovely storyline that lasted longer than we wished to care for. And yes, Rusev was lingering on the outside. But 
let's let's just dive into a little audio because I know you guys are clamoring for some audio. Now I want to see some of the audio and and uh, and live it with you. So this is some of the audio from the Royal Rumble 2015 when it came down to Big Show and Kane and um, Roman Reigns. And now it's down to Roman Reigns for the authority. This is not look good for Roman. I know it's difficult. WWE fans, of course, not happy with the elimination of the, the likes of Daniel Bryan and Dean Ambrose, Dolph Ziggler here tonight after the absolute dominance here in the last few minutes by... Big Show and Kane. Roman Reigns, this is where you got to think. What's at stake? Reigns trying to power back the powerhouse. John, you gotta, it's just got to be a matter of time. Well, the Shield used to have the numbers game. Roman Reigns knows it very well. He just happens to be on the other end this time. And he's also in the ring against two of the great performances in the history of WrestleMania. And of Royal Rumble matches. Over 75 eliminations between just Big Show and Kane. What's going to time history Royal Rumble performances? So uh, let's kind of pause it there. I mean, you can hear this, even the announcers trying to explain why the re- uh, audience is reacting to Reigns at the way that they are. And to their credit, it was, you know, it, it really was because of the elimination of Daniel Bryan, not really Dean Ambrose or Dolph Ziggler, I mean, but it really was one in Daniel Bryan. Um, and which is why I think that this, you know, this whole Daniel Bryan quote, turning babyface again and possibly bringing back the yes movement. This is where you dig from. This is where you find out that maybe Daniel Bryan was the mastermind. This is where you create the source of the reason for Daniel Bryan turning on Roman Reigns. So just, just a thought. I mean, again, this is just my conjecture and I think I'm a bit of a conspiracy theorist but um, I don't know. So you get the gist of it. I mean, Roman Reigns getting absolutely demolished. The audience crapping over everything that is done inside the ring because at this point they are so checked out. It's not even funny. They actually were chanting, we want refunds. I mean, happened same thing at Hell in a Cell this past uh, last month. And um, you know, th- th- these chants certainly were present in 2015 here at the Royal Rumble. Um, so... I'm going to get to the the finish of this match, and I want you guys to uh, just take a listen, and uh, we'll talk on the other end of this.
this all week long that Brock was in Philly, but we didn't think he'd be here tonight. Reigns with a Superman punch. thing of beauty thank you so much philadelphia i mean every time i hear that it just i'm smiling throughout the whole thing as far as the reaction not the outcome it's still seeing the outcome still gets me it's just how tone deaf can you be right um even jim Cornette, whether you value his opinion or not has said and i totally agree what you would have done at that moment was call an audible and have roman reigns stand on the the uh the second rope and just flip the bird to the crowd. Imagine the heat. You have an instantaneous hot heel. White hot. White freaking hot heel. And what do they decide to do? Just steer the course. Steer the course, my friends. Even The Rock couldn't save him. The Rock, when he held up his hand and pointed to him, gave a look to the crowd like, what the hell's going on here? And... Even The Rock got booed for helping Roman Reigns. That's how deep the the hatred of the Roman Reigns character and honestly the support of Daniel Bryan at the time was. Because it was a time for change in WWE. It was the same people having the same the having the belt just kind of trading it back and forth. And Daniel Bryan broke the mold. Daniel Bryan was not one of those guys, and Roman Reigns embodied one of those guys that was just Vince McMahon versus the fans, and that's the way that it was perceived, and honestly, the way that it was, and why Roman Reigns was never turned heel, and still to this day has not turned heel, blows my mind. They have turned every other person that you never thought that they would. You want some examples? Here's two of them that just happened this year. Daniel Bryan and Bailey. Both turned heel. Daniel Bryan is a heel. Excellent. Bailey as a heel. Verdict is still out. But intriguing. So the fact that they never turned Roman Reigns heel when they had so much organic hatred. You want to talk about Vince McMahon's just uh, cop out of saying, oh, any reaction's a good reaction. Are they being loud? Well, then that's a success. Is a bunch of nonsensical corporate speak of covering your backside because you miscast a character. It's just that simple. They can spin it any way that they would like. The fact of the matter is, for the last five years... Roman Reigns, the majority of the time, 
has not gotten that babyface reaction that Vince McMahon thought that he should get by now. And that night was a thing of beauty. It was a thing of beauty. And to WWE's advantage, really their advantage and God, I think, on their side, was there was a massive snowstorm the following night. I think they were in Jersey or they stayed somewhere on the East Coast. Or maybe they were still in Philly. I can't really, re- I can't remember, but it was on the East Coast. It was a huge, huge snowstorm that uh, Monday night. And Raw ended up getting snowed in for the first time that I can ever remember. WWE called it and said, we're not doing Raw uh, in the traditional sense. So they did the snowed in Raw and they did the sit down interview with Roman, which I think actually ended up in, uh, endearing him a little bit more to the audience. And that was one of his better moments, but it all was downhill after that. As far as reaction goes, um, but imagine Roman Reigns in front of a live audience the next night. It it, it would have been um, the night after WrestleMania 33 bad, where they just they were literally chanting cuss words at him. And um, it's just I don't think people understand the psychology of why Roman Reigns sometimes gets booed. You know, oh, he's the best. And I would love to talk to a real. Roman Reigns supporter from day one. I mean, I'm talking about supporting him, cheering him, saying this is a great character, a character I can get behind. Roman Reigns, the character, has not been that interesting. He, I say it all the time, but he's the too cool for school guy. He has a nonchalant, kind of want to be here, but would rather not. Uh, I'd rather be at home and just kind of here because I have to be going through the motions, very robotic and video game like at times. Excellent in the ring. Again, I'd like to just make sure people understand that, that I'm not a Roman hater on the person or the performer or the wrestler. I just think WWE has severely missed the boat here on the potential of Roman Reigns, the heel character of what that could mean of what they could have done. And and you look back five years ago, four years ago now, when I think that would have been the opportune time to tear him. And I always, I've, I said that for four years straight, oh, this would be a perfect time. This would be a perfect time. This would be a perfect time. And they just miss and whiff and whiff and whiff and go, nope, we're steering the course. Don't have anybody bring it up. We're not turning them heel. Nope, 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 nope. And it's, <laughs> it's just, it's, you know, you're cutting off your spo- nose to spite your face is what you're doing. You're saying that, I know better. And that having Roman Reigns as a baby face is, you know, lukewarm, successful, is a better and more important and more significant benefit than having him as a white hot heel that I think needs to be explored. And I've said that about John Cena and people have said that about John Cena forever. And yeah, you could say John Cena was a heel when he was a doctor of thugonomics. And, you know, he was for a short time. I remember him feuding with The Undertaker as the doctor of thugonomics and he was a good heel. But as the current version of John Cena, since he transformed into that in 2004, 2005, he has not been heel ever. And I think that WWE Vince McMahon, I should say, is taking that approach, which is not a good one. And I understand that now he's the face of the cancer, you know, um, the cancer victory or whatever. I understand that he's he's doing the press conferences and he's on sides of trucks and he's doing make a wish and he's doing. Uh, I understand this is a different world we live in now with WWE and they're a, a, uh, you know, a philanthropy 
induced organization. Stephanie McMahon has made that very clear. She's the chief branding operating officer. And my God, when you look at her Twitter feed or excuse me, you look at her Instagram feed, you would never know that she is the C, uh, chief brand operating chief brand officer of a wrestling company. Never. She just tweets about how she's on the, you know, the morning show or, you know, look at this. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm at this charity event or you'd never know that she is the actual chief brand officer of WWE. She likes to distance herself as much as humanly possible from being that wrestling company. But you know what? People, I still, I think still enjoy wrestling when it's at its best. And when it's at its best is when the in-ring competition makes sense. It's easy to follow and you have compelling characters and a compelling story. Of course, easier said than done. But it's a basic tried and true formula. And when you have characters that are miscast for long periods of time, I think it eats away at the goodwill of fans. It frustrates fans. And it turns away fans after a while. Even the ones that, you know, try to that that, you know, claim to stick with you through thick and thin. It will eventually wear a lot of those fans down for what? Having a war of attrition with fans, having Vince versus the fans in a war of attrition, who let's see who blinks first. And now you get to the current day. You get to present day with Roman Reigns. I said this in a show last week. What does what has Roman Reigns done differently in terms of presentation since 2014? Beyond not coming through the crowd now, he comes through the back, you know, like every other person on the roster. What has he done differently? Music's the same. Hair is the same. Tactical vest is the same. Promos are pretty much the same, although he's improved, but not to the level he should have in four years. Everything about him is the same. His presence, his hair, his outfit, his music. So how am I supposed to feel differently? And yet WWE will say, well, I mean, hey, he's been out of the title picture for how many months now? I mean, he hasn't been champion in how long? And yet he still is the Second draft pick. He's the first male draft pick. He ended SmackDown how many times over Kofi Kingston? Any show he's on, he's the beginning, he's the end. The way Michael Cole says, the big dog makes me want to punch him straight in the face. I cannot... I think Michael Cole is trolling fans at this point. It's, again, it has been a forced... Nickname from the beginning. He was never the big dog. The big dog is the American badass. The Undertaker. That fit to a T. Because he was the big dog in the yard. He was the man. And earned that. That's the key. Undertaker earned that nickname. Roman hijacked it. And the creative team hijacked it. And Vince McMahon hijacked it and said, well, we're going to make you the big dog. You're the big dog. No, no, you're not. You know why you're not? Because you didn't earn that nickname. And you can't, by the way, you can't select a nickname for yourself. Even in real life, you don't select a nickname for yourself. People select it for you. And when it doesn't make sense, people reject it. And it still feels unnatural, doesn't it? 
it still doesn't feel right. And it maybe it's Michael Cole the way he says it. I don't know, but he says it like he's you know having an orgasm. Every single just listen. You don't believe me? You you know what you you hear that that the the way he delivers it in your mind right now. It's awful. And again, uh, would I say Roman Reigns right now has made progress and is getting less of a negative reaction in 2019? Yes. He do, he has. He's still got his booze. He's kind of getting the, uh, the John Cena treatment, right? Right now, it's kind of lukewarm. People are like, okay, well, he's not champion. Well, Yet, he's still the focus of the shows, which people need to realize. And there's just no change. Why they haven't turned him heel is beyond me of any comprehension I can imagine. I would love to have Vince McMahon explain to me how over the last five years it has been a net gain in terms of the decision to keep him babyface versus turning him heel. I don't think he can do it. I don't think it's possible for someone to convince me that it has been a a, a, a better idea to keep him babyface. Instead of just going with the fans and saying, hey, Roman's getting a negative reaction on a weekly basis, getting booed out of every main event he's ever been in. What's the game? What's the end game here? He could be the end. He could, at the end of the day, be the biggest babyface WWE has or and, and want the fa- have the fans want him to be there in that role. But the problem is you tried to put him there when he wasn't ready. And you had a guy that was organically loved at the same time there, which magnified the heat on Roman because he embodied everything the fans hated about the company. And the fans felt like they were a part of something and were choosing who they wanted, which it should be anyway. Again, I, 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 I don't want to be duplicative here, but it's true. And Roman Reigns was never the organic choice, ever. He would have been. He should be. But you need time for the fans to hate him. Every big baby face in the history of wrestling has a head of heel run. With the exception of John Cena, outside of Dr. Thugonomics. Hogan. Hollywood Hogan. Austin. Turned on, uh, turned on the fans at WrestleMania 17 in 2001. The Rock. Turned on the fans after his reaction in Toronto against Hulk Hogan. At WrestleMania 18, he had a big heel run, being Mr. Hollywood. Triple H, do I even need to say it? How many, how big of a heel he was for the majority of his career and how good of a heel Triple H was? And what do you get with Roman Reigns and John Cena? Two guys that are just immune to the heel turn. For what? So they can be and make nice at press conferences? It, it it's just it's, it's it gets me so amped up that I I don't want to label this explicit. I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure it's a PG show because I know that some of you listen with your kids. I really I do know that. I, I've had people email me and tell me that. So, alrighty, well, guys, I hope you enjoyed the show today. I you know this is one of my more passionate topics of, that I've I have had and really what got me started in my rants was the Roman Reigns deal. I mean, it's in my intro, my jingle, right? I say, turn Roman heel. I mean it. I still mean it. I think people would love it. 
and not love it in a way that makes them cheer him, makes it makes him boo him. There's a lot of value there. You could shake things up big time, create a buzz. But I don't think they're going to do it. If you're going to ask me if I think, I don't think they will. I think they're going to stay the course and it's a damn shame because they are missing out on what could be an extremely intriguing. He's naturally arrogant. I think he's got a natural arrogant swagger about him. He's not great on promos. You can't tell me and point to any promo he's ever cut that has been A+. Plus, and that should not be the case if you're the top guy in the, in the company, especially as the baby face. You can't have that. As a heel, you don't have to worry about that. It would give him so much more freedom. He wouldn't feel so robotic and controlled. And he could lay into the fans over what reactions he's received over the last four years. There's a lot you could do. And he just continues to be out there and, oh, Superman punch, Superman punch, Superman punch, Superman punch, which no one has apparently found the reversal for. I know the secret, though. Take one step to your left. And it's got the most hang time of any maneuver I've ever seen ever. So unless you're Stevie Wonder out there, you should probably see this coming. Just saying. His moveset is... uh, very video game-ish. It's like a 12-year-old controlling him, just doing the same move over and over and over, and you want to you know, kick him in the stomach. So, guys, um, so before I go off the rails, thank you so much for joining me again. This show is uh, continuing to climb the rankings, and I really thank you, everybody who's uh, listening to the show. The numbers matter. You know, Your listens, your comments matter. Um, your reviews matter. So if you also want a clean show where it's, there's no ads. Head on over to patreon.com slash WWE podcast and you can get yourself a totally ad free experience. And for a limited time, get yourself on the show for a mini podcast and discuss with me any topic you'd like. You pick, you take your pick, take your pick and you come on the show. And I think that'll um, be a blast. Um, so, guys, tomorrow as a schedule review, AEW and NXT reviews coming your way. And then, of course, Saturday. You will hear from myself and Ashley as we discuss Crown Jewel and Friday Night Smackdown. So definitely want to tune into that show. So we still got three more shows for you this week I think uh, that I think you'll enjoy. So, uh, guys, thank you again so much for listening. And you know what I'm about to say. I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show or head to wwepodcast.com and for all of these shows ad free head over to patreon.com slash wwe podcast until then we'll see you next time